Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code DOGTALK15, and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. Welcome to Talking with the Dogs. I'm Liz Murdoch. Today we have Sunil Godsey, who is an intuition specialist from Intuitionology, his own company, his podcast. And I found Sunil because I wanted to help people who are still skeptical of animal communication and and, and trusting their gut and intuition on a regular basis. So I thought I need to find somebody who also does this, who can help people come round because everybody always says, yeah, yeah, I've had it every, every so often. I just knew. So Sunil and I today are going to talk about how you can learn to trust it better and why it's so important. So Sunil, welcome. I would like you to share a bit on how, why you picked intuition as something that has to be our mainstream kind of way we share our lives with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks uh, for having me on your podcast show. I really appreciate it. Um, And you and I kind of went back and forth on intuition in animals and uh, you know, when intuition comes into, into play, it's incredibly important when it comes to relationships between others, but also with, you know, believe it or not with animals and it's a two way intuitive type of signal that they have. And in fact, in, in my um, podcast interview with Nick Bradley, who's a scaling expert, uh, the, the videogram that I have at the start was him sensing that something was wrong with his dog. Um, right. And he phoned his mother and he had found, his, even though his mom said nothing had happened, his dog got shot by the neighbor uh, and I've had a couple of people who had their intuition sensed through their service dog um, right. and the service dog not wanting to go down an alleyway or sensing something was wrong with someone um, and being in tune with their service dog got that extension of intuition after they lost their sight, which is exactly. obviously because you can't see people. I really started my journey after I wrote my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And the premise of that book was... If you were able to look, look at and, and hear stories of failure from others and you learned the lessons from that, then you should actually be able to succeed faster because you already know that they failed, so you're not going to repeat them. When I used to speak on stages around the world, entrepreneurs used to ask me, okay, Sunil, give me the one thing that's going to be successful, uh, make me successful. And I, and I said, well, you know, there's a whole reason why I interviewed 300 people and there's a whole reason why there's 75 stories in the book. Um, but when I went back to the audio recordings, it was really incredible that 80 to 90% of them used some form of version of, I, I should have trusted my gut. I should have trusted, uh, I knew what I should have done. Uh, and something, some version of that, right. uh, called into which is circled around intuition. It was really interesting that, you know, entrepreneurs and business people who you would think are data driven, 
start talking about this intangible thing called intuition. And so that got me really looking deep into intuition. So I asked myself, okay, so uh, let me reflect on the times when I had intuition in my, in my life. And the first time I remember having my first brush with intuition was when I was five years old. And I had these video games that I wanted to buy. And my dad said, no, uh, you know, they're too expensive. And I remember this distinct voice telling me to go door to door to raise money, and which I did. And so I raised $200. $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to charity because that was what my school was doing. I felt really good about that. But when I reflected on the times that I ignored my intuition, there were three incidences that come up right away. And the first was, uh, you know, being South Asian son, uh, you know, there's four states that, that you have for a career. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And that's it as an East Indian son. So I picked door number three. I went into engineering, even though my intuition was saying I needed to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I got three years in doing that. In the second year of the third year, I got a chance to become an investor with a Mexican restaurant chain called Senior Frogs and bring that chain up to Canada. Pretty soon, I started making five times in dividends than I was in full-time engineering. Why did I ignore these some things? Like, what was this thing about intuition that I ignored? Why did I ignore it? And so, to me, it was really kind of, okay, how do I define it? But then I, I kind of need to see a little bit of proof. Like, so, and if I'm going to write a book for the yes. masses, right. I'm sure I, I, I need scientific evidence that intuition exists because mm -hmm. intuition is a, a very personal phenomenon. So how you define it is not up to me and how I define it is not up to you. So the science was very solid in terms of me bringing that. And in my book, Gut, which everybody can get, is a free ebook on my website. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of the science in it. So now I know there's sort of the scientific perspective. And, and on top of that, I said, okay, who in my circle do I know uh, that can talk about it from a scientific perspective? And lo and behold, there's a neurologist I have as a colleague. I reached out to him. And the first thing I said was, uh, Michelle, does intuition exist? And I turn on the camera and he says, it absolutely does. He goes into a scientific explanation and he actually says, and in some cases, the, there's more and more research that's showing that it's, it's, it's comes well before we actually make a decision. So he's now a neurologist, respected neurologist right. already. I mean, I've already got the research, but he's yet another level saying, yes, it exists. And he talks about his patients when his patients feel that something is wrong, he believes them. And so it's up to him using evidence-based medicine to figure out what that something is that they're being exactly. bothered. So the science is very, very clear when it comes to intuition. One of the four types of intuition is called experiential intuition. And when you're born, it pulls the experiences and puts it in the subconscious area of your brain like a library. And it continues to do that. So when you're making a decision, it pulls those experiences out that's relevant to the decision you're making or the relationship that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it says, okay, here's what's happened in the past, good and bad. Right. And that's what you need to think about. And then there's a second type of intuition called creative intuition. And that, that's a type of intuition that says, sometimes you make some decisions that are really not so that nobody understands it but you because it's your intuition. It's been cathartic. I, I mean, testimonial after testimonial, people's lives have changed. Um, but the premise is that this, this intangible called intuition, um, right. there's proof, there's connection. Um, I've had people who, who, who sense that their, their family members had cancer. Uh, you know, People halfway around the world get into an accident and someone's able to sense that. And these are con consistent stories of connection that you have, whether it's a person or an animal or what have you, um, that connection is there. And I remember I was in Toronto and I was speaking 
uh, about intuition with, with an interviewee. There happened to be an, ind an in indigenous gentleman who joined the table. Uh -huh. And so I asked, I started asking him, how did you guys use intuition in the past? And what he, used, he was saying is that intuition is so heightened with the animals that he used to look at, they used to look at the animals. Right. And if there was something wrong with the animals, they had at least a two or three day head, head start before something dangerous. Like the weather changes and the weather changes or the there's sky. danger coming or they can sniff something that there's, there's, there's uh, enemies coming, whatever it was. They had, they had at least a day or two and they didn't have like, you know, cars and all that stuff. They just picked right. up their teepees and, 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 and all their gear and, and they just moved. But if they hadn't been for the animals that they connected with, yeah, alerting. they would be dead. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so that there's, where there's that connection with, with people, with animals, but that's how powerful it is. And there's a lot more research now showing like there's things called mirror neurons that so right in the front. So right. yours and eyes are, are actually mirroring each other. And the, the, the science behind that is that it's all energy, right? And so once it's, it, there's energy, it's, it's connected, then you and I can actually physically separate. And if, if we've got a really strong relationship, then we would be energetically connected, uh, even though we don't have to be physically in the same space. So that's sort of where the, the research is kind of correlating and extrapolating or connecting the dots right. um, to things that can be explained and these things that can be explained happen too many times for it to be coincidental right there's too many people saying the same thing too many people experiencing the same thing it can't be coincidence so in my work now with covid and the animals and my clients people i used to do it in person and then I transitioned to the phone and they'd send me a picture. And now the dogs are coming right up to the screen because I can connect so quickly with them. I want you to talk about how, because people are, are coming around. It's one thing to trust your own gut, but then to think, oh gosh, how can someone get a sense from an animal? How does that work? And I've been working on explaining and you've got the research to back it up. Like for me, I'm like in that, that first category that you talked about. I just get it. I feel it. I hear it. Some, in one of your specialties, I, I noticed is helping people identify that what's theirs. And so like, I will tell people when I teach you to tune to your dog, that you may not get the hearing that I get where I try and get the right word that the dog wants me to use, but you might be really good with feelings in your body you know, a particular student. How does that work from your research when you find that different people have different skills, at least when they're initially becoming aware of it, how they receive an intuitive message? What does so the science show on that? Yeah, so so it, when it comes to the science, there's there's one where, uh, so a lot of people talk about that gut feeling or feelings yes. in the body. And what mm -hmm. happens is when, when the neurons hit the amygdala, it's sort of your fight or flight thing, but that's also where you feel things. There's no language around it. But when, when your intuition hits that particular part of your brain, then it looks to your body for signals uh, and, and sensations. And so you feel mm -hmm. things, you might feel things in your bodily sensation, but in some cases people see like orbs, uh, left right. earlobes go hot. Um, uh, people see omens. Uh, people have that gut, they hear a voice. And this is, it's very individual for every single person. Mm -hmm. And so we all have a set, um, uh, and, and, you know, and there's areas when you're sensing someone else's, uh, you know, intention, there's areas in the brain that lights up. And again, in, in gut, I've got the, I've got the brain scan that shows the particular areas where researchers have mapped 
that get highlighted when you intuitively know something something's up with someone. Right. So that's the science part. Uh, individually, we all have our own basket of positive signals and negative signals. And the easiest exercise for anybody listening, even now, after they mm -hmm. finish listening to me ramble about intuition, is that they can go back and, and look to the past to a decision that they made, uh, whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. And what did it feel like in the moment? Right. And if it felt once once you once you know what it felt like, that's an intuitive signal. So if it's a right, the decision that you made, what was that signal? Mm -hmm. And then is that the first signal or is that the third signal? This is the other thing you have to think about. And what about a, a bad decision? What signal did you get then? What did you feel like? Again, was it the fourth signal or was it the second signal? And you really have to keep digging at that. And when the, one of the best things you can do is, is really get into it's something called an intuitive medium. So you go into an area that you something like some people take a walk. Uh, I, in the shower, I think about these things where you can cut out the noise and think yeah. about these things. So right. you go to these these things and you and you get your basket of signals and you have to be very careful to make sure that you get the first signal because if it's signal number three, uh, which happened to be a voice, for example, uh, mm -hmm. that's great, but what was signal number two and signal number one? If that was signal number one, fantastic. But it's signal, if it's signal number three, that means you've missed two signals. If you've missed two signals, that means you made two bad decisions. So that could be that maybe you stubbed your toe on a door, mm -hmm. or it could be that you're just about to get into a relationship with an abusive person. And so that's where it's really important to figure out what your signals are. And you take that time and you can do that right now after this so podcast. Wait a minute. So go about what a signal that you've missed, you stubbed your toe. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, you so missed a signal to walk around. You have. So let's say, let's say you, you got into it, you got into, let's say a bad relationship. Okay. What was the signal initially that you should leave, right? And if that oh, signal was, was let's say, a headache, um, was that headache signal number three? Maybe signal number two was as soon as he enters or she enters, you get an uneasy feeling. Maybe signal number one was the whisper. So now what you've got is you've got the, the, the let's say, uh, headache, for example, mm -hmm. but you've missed the whisper and you've missed the uneasy feeling. So nice. what you need to do is think about that event and think, okay, that was that the first time that I felt that I needed to leave this person? Then you go one step before. No, it wasn't. And every single time, everybody will be able to recall when was the first incident that they were able to trigger. Maybe a value got crossed. Oh, Maybe it was a signal before they even got married. I mean, that's a common one. Number of people walking down the aisle knew that this was not going to work. And the only time they reveal it to me was when I talked to them because nobody's ever asked them that question. Okay. So you're saying, so if someone wants to, whether listening or yeah, you know, wants to figure out how to uh, tune into their intuition, they can go back to a time in their life, an experience yep. that didn't go the way they wanted and see whether they can think of whispers or nudges before that incident actually happened yes and, and both good like, and bad both yes, good and, and bad having awareness of that can help them have confidence because that's a, a big thing that we both know about is you have to you can get a knowing sense but then you have to trust it and then have mm -hmm. the confidence like the man who quit the job or built a franchise in a location that he typically it wouldn't make sense but he had a yep. feeling i need to do that Okay, perfect. And, and the thing is, once you have these inventory of signals, yes. now whatever decision that comes up, 
-hmm. you'll know whether it's the right one or wrong one because you have those signals that you've already researched that are going to come up and you paid attention to them. So now they're going to be a little bit more heightened. Whereas if like, let's say you had a whisper before and -hmm. you ignored it and you know that now that every time I ignore this whisper, bad things happen to me. So the next time you make a decision and that whisper comes up, you're going to think to yourself, I'm not going to make that mistake again, because my intuition is saying this whisper means that I'm making a bad decision uh, for whatever reason. And you, you'll know it, you can't necessarily vocalize it. There's no point in finding out the other side. Like if I make that bad decision, what's around the corner, forget right. it. Like, you know, make the right decision because you don't know what's, what that bad decision is and who cares what the bad decision is, yes. right? It doesn't make sense going down that road. Yeah. When I am working with a dog and sometimes they tell me crazy things, I, I get this sense and I understand, like you say, we draw, we filter it through our past experience. And, yep. you know, for people who are, I get calls from people, oh, I've listened. I've, I'm finally ready to work with you because I've been listening to all these things. I have a lot of experience working with dogs in so many different ways from training to assist, animal assisted therapy, to going into homes, evaluating if a dog is a right fit for that home. A busy dog moving into a house without a fence is not a good match. So I'm, I see how I'm filtering it through all of that when I try and get the word or what the dog is sharing with me to bring it into words for a client. But I do get a sense. So say I'm talking to this dog. When I feel like I have it correctly, for instance, I had a dog that at the end of my sessions, I always say, okay, tell me whatever you want. What do you want your person to know? No matter what it is. And they will tell me things like this one dog said, move your desk 90 degrees. She was sitting in her home office and the dog wanted her to move at 90 degrees. And I'm like, okay, because I've trust, I, I know to say what I get. And she verifies that she'd been thinking about doing it. And I said, oh no, your dog says stop deliberating. It was the word. And she said, I have been deliberating. I've never even told my husband this. Nobody knows I've been thinking about this. And I said, well, your dog is like, just get it done. So she did it and she sent me a picture and I said, oh, you need to put a dog bed right over there. I had a knowing sense and she did. And the dog sleeps there now, but yeah, yeah. And it's changed her business because she has a whole shift. But when I'm done with that kind of thing, I get this feeling like I've just taken a deep breath and excelled and I know I'm done in my body. Yeah. And so do you have a knowing sense of when you're done with a decision or with a client or something that you feel Absolutely. everybody yeah. get the same kind of thing? They get a done sense. Yeah. I'll, I'll know, I'll know a couple of things. One, I'll know when I'm done and I'll know when I'm extending into extra space that I shouldn't be in. And I, I absolutely know this in sometimes it could be my body sensing it. Sometimes I just know the way I feel is mm-hmm. I know I'm in overtime. I just know when it crosses. If I get into overtime, I've got to finish something quickly or find a cutoff point quickly where I can just tie it off and then work on it the next day or not, uh, come back after supper or something like that. But I definitely know. So one's a signal from my body. The other one is just, just that I, I, I can feel it. I can feel it. Uh, and it's, it's, it comes on very, very quickly. Um, but the other thing is when you get into people like yourself who do these kind of things, sometimes we get boxed into a belief system and that belief system doesn't allow us to think outside the box until we experience things. So for example, if you look at some of the people that I've had 
on my uh, podcast series. I had one who was who died for 37 seconds and had a near-death experience and mm -hmm. actually knew what the doctors were thinking. And it came out in a hypnotherapy session. This is Stephanie Arnold. And they said, how do you know that? Like, uh, you, you should know that because her eyes were taped shut and she had a curtain over her and a C-section. You don't know, yeah. you, there's no way you should know who was in the room. When you take, for me, you take a lot of these different stories and if you have a certain belief set, sometimes it's hard to extend outside of that. And when I, when I had, when I started my interviews with Intu intuition, I used to start my podcast interview questions with when was there a time when you, when intuition impacted your life? 100% of the time it was when they hit rock bottom. Yeah. So it's almost like you have to hit rock bottom or you have to overcome a belief set to believe in somebody else's powers. Now, for me, because there's so many people that I interview that this happens to, and I'm open, uh, that's, for me, that's the extension of intuition. It absolutely happens. So there's some tangible, intangible things that happen when you start talking about this thing called intuition. Um, I mean, just look at relationships, right? You right. instantly know whether a relationship is the right one or because you get this feeling. That's right. intuition. That's an intangible. So if that can extend past your belief system, then what you do becomes a reality because you have that talent. And if it doesn't, you don't have clients. It's very simple. You right. just, you don't have clients. You don't have people sending you pictures. It just doesn't happen. Just ask, maybe, maybe she has that talent. Maybe she has that ability to do it. And then what you do is you look for clues saying, hmm, that's really interesting. She was able to move that thing over and the dog finally slept. And wow, I have all these data points. Maybe I should think about extending my beliefs to just say it oh, for listeners. Yeah. Yeah. To well, listen, the, maybe the thing is, is that like people say, well, you know, I don't know. I should, I'll just go to my vet or something. It's like, well, that's our great, but not all instances of illness or a behavior issue are textbook cases that fit a mold. A dog might be allergic to something or, um, that they need some data that is not easily available. And so when I can share that or another animal communicator, somebody who like your medical intuitive person, I can do medical intuition as well, but some people are, can go so deep and that's all they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a sir, it's something that can enhance the well-being of the animal and the relationship with the person. So, yeah. And, and if you were to take that a step further, I mean, I talked about Stephanie Arnold who died for 37 seconds. So three months prior to this, she, she foresaw her death. She foresaw that she was going to, to die on the table off of a routine C-section. All the medical evidence at the time was normal. Uh, she talked to one, uh, I think it was a gynecologist that said, uh, the gynecologist's intuition was saying there's something up with this person. She really believes her story. I think let's just be careful have a crash cart and extra units of blood, although nothing in her chart suggested that, nothing. It was all normal. She has the C-section. Had that, that physician not asked for that crash cart and extra units of blood, Stephanie Arnold would be dead because she had the regular C-section. She had, there's something called AME. Uh, her blood got infected. She died on the table. They needed the crash cart. They needed the extra units of blood because she predicted three months earlier that she would die. So that's just, that's one person. There's more and more. And so that's where you start connecting the dots with this, this sort of quote unquote evidence saying, that's really interesting. Yes, it is. Well, it's, it's also interesting that 
like her doctor was um, open to it and willing to yes. listen. And for for people who are new to trusting their in, intuition in terms of being vocal about it with their doctor or somebody else, it's good to realize that people are more willing to listen to you and not think you're crazy when you tell your doctor, oh, I had this intuitive feeling something might go wrong. Can we have extra supplies just in case? That people are more open about it. And the more we talk about it, the more everybody else can trust in it and be willing to share the intuitive hits that they get. I'm sure there's got to be a study at some point somewhere where they're going to actually say, okay, there's enough people that this is happening to how do we measure it, right? It's just that that hasn't come up yet, or maybe it has. We just don't know. It hasn't been published yet. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, not yet. Well, I liked when you pointed out about like the service dogs and the, the dogs for the blind. Yeah. There, some of that is an intuitive that the person who's blind has got to trust. I'm going to find someone. Yes. They have to trust the nuance of the dog pulling slightly this way or that way or freeze. Because I can feel when I work on a, uh, with the dogs, uh, the leash is like that conduit. And you can tell a lot by how a dog is, is reacting on that leash, a, a gentle nudge of pulling a different way. So I love that. One of the things that I also like is, so here's one of my books. It's a journal that I have, and I have dots here because okay. one of my themes, and I think anyone who works with intuition without us, we just met, knows that you, we are constantly connecting the dots that we didn't see. Yes. But as we hone into our intuition, we, we it's a lot of it is connecting the dots so i think that's great that you are aware of that and for those of you listening who are new to embracing your intuition know that it's okay to have gaps in your understanding and that the intuition is about filling in the dots to getting to understanding and yeah and, and if people want i mean i i have my in my tedx speech uh, mm -hmm. the, I've got the MRIs shown in there, uh, and, and in my main video, we'll be changing it to add some more MRIs in there. I also have a video from uh, some of the big influencers that talk about intuition. You've got Jeff Bezos, uh, you've got Oprah Winfrey, um, you've got uh, Sarah Blakely, Richard Branson, uh, Tim Cook um, from Apple, uh, of course, mm -hmm. Steve Jobs, very famous with connecting the dots. Uh, you know, and uh, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series came through, uh, through intuition, right? She was sitting on, on a, a train, yeah. boom, 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 right? It came through a train and it came and she says, ghosts, what kind of ghosts? She saw the school. She wasn't even writing for that stuff. That was an intuitive hit. And that yeah. launched the whole Harry Potter. And she was, she was struggling. She was someone that had no self, uh, you know, self-esteem. And she was just right. not, she was, she even says, I wasn't the most confident person, but yet phew, it came. And, and she kept Harry going. Potter was born. Because she, she kept going. It, it didn't sell right away. So that's yep. another thing for those of you listening who are like, okay, okay, I'll give it a try. Whether you're going to work with Sunil, you're going to work with me, you're going to just practice on your own. Keep at it because there's yes. too many stories of, you know, yes, bad things, you know, you're, you, we miss out on things if we don't trust it. But when we do trust it, it may take time, but there is a payoff when we are aligned, that deep exhale yes. that feels good or a bigger payoff. So I want, Sunil, I know people are going to want to find out more about you. What's the best way? Your podcast is great. It's easy to find. What's the best way 
email you? What, how, how should people? Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's always intuitionology.com. They can grab the a free ebook and go through the seven day challenge. That's also free. So they can, mm -hmm. they can solve a problem using the components of intuition for themselves uh, and solve a relationship issue there. Uh, there's always Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook. Clubhouse. I'm there. Uh, at Clubhouse. Yes, I've been club on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Uh, and uh, TikTok. I'm uh, I'm not going to do dancing on TikTok, but I will start giving you some some stuff on intuition there. Uh, you can always e email me Sunil at SunilGatsi.com. Happy to answer any any um, questions, or you can DM me on any one of the platforms, uh, and happy to connect there. Um, but yeah, lots of ways to connect with me. Um, but yeah, just jump in, grab a free ebook, grab the free seven day channels, yeah, and you got a, a template already. You don't even have to know who I am. Right. And yeah. you, you've got a template on how to make every single relationship decision uh, and you can move it forward. So, yeah, well, thank you. And if anyone listening wants to do this with your dog or have me help you, you know where to find me, Liz Murdoch on Instagram. I have my five tips for tuning in with your dog. So if, if you're ready to jump in, DM, DM me and I will get you my five tips so you can practice this with your dog right away. But either way, with Sunil and me, we've got you covered. We hope you'll start tuning in. Uh, a friend of mine who works with intuition and the brain, and she's a physical therapist, she told me that 2020, what is it, 2025 to 2040, the 15 years, is going to be the era of intuition. Awesome. So now's the perfect time to get started. Yep. And we just wish you all the best. I thank you, Sunil, for thank spreading you. your message. I'm so glad we had this time because we want to help people and pets, especially as we all come together during COVID with uh, more time with our dogs. What better time to practice our intuition and prep for our own lives afterwards when we can go out. So I wish you the best. I know we'll be in contact again, but thank you so much. Thank you again, Sunil Godsey, for joining me at Talking with the Dogs, learning more about dogs, intuition, and what we can do to tune in to our own intuition and live our best lives with our dogs or anyone else. If you listening in the audience would like to work with me, you can find me at talkingwiththedogs.com. You can book a session to find out what your dog wants or needs you to know. But in the meantime, I hope you have a great day talking or listening to your dog. Mm -hmm.